nothing buddy I couldn't hear the music and I can't I can hear myself now <laughs> all right hello, hello. did we go in bumperless checking check ah okay cool well no it's okay I get it should we be able to hear ourselves yeah you yeah. should be can I you can, hear yourself hear myself now uh, okay I mean I can hear myself I can hear myself I, here crank up the headphones buddy okay <laughs> This is the song. I can't hear anything. <laughs> okay. Well, you'll have to. We'll work on your headphones right now. Hey, everybody. A uh, little chaos as normal. Uh, welcome to This Pink Cloud Season 2, Episode 19. Uh, if you're listening to this, you can always see the visual at thispinkcloud.com. If you go to thispinkcloud.com, it'll route you to our YouTube page. Be sure and hit subscribe while you're there. Also want to give a shout out to, uh, hey, I just went deaf in my headphones. Are we? <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, I just want to go ahead and give a shout out to our uh, sponsor real quick. Weston, you got it all figured out, bud? Okay. I got nothing. Okay. Well, I hear you. Okay. I hear you. Okay. Yeah. So it's right. just maybe your headphones aren't working. Okay. But anyway, let's uh, go ahead and give a shout out to our sponsor real quick. Uh, that would be. Are you now? I can't hear me. You're you're moving around cables. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, that would be our sponsor, Summer Sky, which is www.summersky.us. Uh, you can reach them at 888-857-8857. Once again, that is summersky.us, 888-857-8857. Uh, uh, you got everything figured out, Weston? You will in a second. <laughs> All right. Uh, but anyway, I uh, just in case anybody follows the show out there, um, we know that the uh, professor, actually my friend uh, Nolan, had uh, relapsed, and uh, he is actually in treatment now. So if anybody is concerned about him, he is in the right place, uh, getting medical detox and you know working uh, on uh, restarting uh, his recovery again. So. Um, other than that, uh, we also have, I know, I know you're like doing the dance over there, but do you have the uh, shirts where you can pull those up real quick? Okay. Uh, we have these groovy new shirts and stickers, of course, that Jim Bob's guarding here. Um, but uh, if you just go to um, djkellyreverb.com, uh, you can get these shirts uh right there there's the front there's there, there's another front and then i don't know if we have the one i'm wearing that's the back yeah. and oh there we go that's my favorite one and that's the one i'm wearing <laughs> hey so but we have a lot of stuff to get to today i always like it uh when we have good content to offer the folks out there and to uh put a spotlight on uh, certain things that are going on in the recovery community. So let me introduce, this would be Chef Justin Box, and then mindfulness trainer, expert extraordinaire, Vanessa Guild. And and it's actually spelt Vanessa, and then you'll see uh, that it's vanessaguild.com. 
but it's pronounced guiled because she is from New Orleans. And, <laughs> and that's how they do it. That's how they do Good it. Good energy. <laughs> so, so what we'll do here is normally we just kind of have each of y'all share your story and then we'll, we'll get to what you're going, uh, you know, what's going on in your life. So we'll hit you up first, Justin. Okay. I know you have a, a, a colorful story to tell us today. And uh, why don't you just kind of start us off where, uh, you know, where, when you were a young Justin. When I was a young Justin. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's an hour show. So. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll try to push through this as quick as I can. Yeah, uh, no problem. No rush. Because I'm good at talking. I guess I could start. Um, it's kind of hard because I don't want to put certain people on blast sure right you, so, you share what you want and edit yourself <laughs> so okay all right so i guess um when i was little i had a i had kind of like the uh fresh prince of bel-air life right like i came from something that was um very uh struggle filled right so i came from a pretty pretty um crazy place um <clears throat> lots of things happened um around me, things that I witnessed uh, with parental figures and whatever, biological parental figures, and um, whom, in which I, I forgive wholeheartedly for everything. I uh, just want to be very clear about that. Sure. But, uh, things I, I'm probably not going to disclose on the show, but um, things happened, um, and uh, said parental figures and... Uh, other people felt it'd be right that I went to uh, live with my grandparents. Okay. So going from <clears throat> this to this and then kind of traveling back to that, um, back and forth um, and seeing things, um, you know, I'll just say it. I, I would do things like I would, I would, uh, I would, I would go places I shouldn't be going. I would see people I shouldn't be seeing. I would mm. witness things I shouldn't be witnessing. Um, right. And what, what age were you at this time? I mean, little bitty. I, I'd, I'd have to say between, I mean, probably between like two, three, and oh, okay. ten. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Whatever. Okay. You know, getting to go back. Um, don't know my dad, so I'll just say that it was my mother that I was, mm -hmm. you know. And by the grace of God, she's, she's sober today and doing fin fantastic. She's got a great job. She's living, right. living her best life how she can, you know. Sure. Um, but she made lots of mistakes, um, mm -hmm. you know, due to the sickness of alcoholism and addiction. So um, things I know she didn't wish upon me to see or to witness. But anyway, so we'll, we'll move on. Um, <clears throat> got to go live with my grandparents. Um, and it was almost... Trying to, uh, trying to keep me safe enough trying to keep me so safe that they almost overdid it, right? Like, it was mm -hmm. super codependent. Um, I had loads of fear, slept with them until I was about in the same bed, in between them until I was about 12, right? Because I had this fear of, like, the unknown coming, taking me away, all these right. things, yeah. right? Sure. Like, um, and I, I believe that we're all kind of predisposed, right? Mm -hmm. and, and kids are at risk no matter what, um, regardless of, of, you know, who they're up, up like, who they're being brought up with. Um, so mine, mine was just a little tougher. Um, right. So I did, I will say that I, I was uh, prone to migraine headaches, and I'm going into this to kind of veer into what what happened and where I'm at now. But um, <clears throat> I was prone to migraine headaches, and, I'm, and I'm, um, I've been told by a trauma therapist that they were trauma-induced uh, things. You know, I had no control over whatever, like, we, like we'd have control over anymore, them anyway. But uh, I had them so bad that if you ba like basically brush my shoulder, if I saw like a, a glimpse of light, I'd vomit. I'd projectile vomit. It was like the worst pain I can remember being. I had pretty bad asthma. Um, that was due to my mother smoking um, while she was pregnant with me and uh, being in a house full of old Southern women smoking cigarettes inside and like driving me around in the Cadillac with the windows up, smoking out the car, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, of like course. Misty 120s and Saratoga 120s <laughs> and whatever. And... Uh, Anyways, um, the headaches were so bad. I can remember I used to have to go in between therapy. I've been in therapy since I was a little bitty. Um, but in between therapy and, and this uh, neurologist, this, uh, this uh, little, like a kid's neurologist, mm -hmm. um, they couldn't figure out how to treat them. So I was given, from a very, very young age, <clears throat> I was given um, 
Tylenol threes, right? Okay. So like, why would you give a five, six, seven year old a Tylenol three? There's codeine mm -hmm. in that, right? And, sure. Um, especially coming from a very addicted, you know, dru drug environment. Filled, yeah. Right. 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 So, um, so I took I took the hydro. I, I took these Tylenol threes. I take a half is what I was prescribed when they were really bad. And I can remember one time taking, um, taking a whole one mm. on accident and sure. being like, shit, Why? you know, wow, right. that's different. Cause my sure. whole life, I never felt, I never felt okay in my own skin. Uh -huh. So I, so I remember taking that and being like, wow, you feel okay. I mean, I was the kid that was like, you know, like in class, I would do everything I could to get attention. I was this short chubby kid with bad hair bad teeth you know my grandmother used to cut my hair and it was just like crazy <laughs> the 80s yeah the, yeah, the right mo, the mo or the, the Pete Rose. Dude, but worse right and my, yeah. i've always had this horrible calic that just like right. sticks so <laughs> so i was kind of you know i was probably like the annoying kid or whatever but i can remember just never feeling right and that was the only way i knew how to get attention even from the adults in the neighborhood and and uh, and everybody it was always like that box kid and they knew yeah. they knew you know, they'd heard stories about my mother and my uncles and aunts and like that box kid, right. that box kid. So you, you already know. you already had the a complex. This, well, you already had the street rep from well, uh, circle your family a little bit. huh? I mean, I guess. Yeah. Right. And um, my grandparents were not were not very uh, extroverted to the neighbors. Anyway, sure. so I, you know, I always wanted friends. So I always wanted to reach out. And then I can remember being so pissed off. This is kind of funny, but I would be, I would be so pissed off that I like fart on purpose in front of these girls, right? Just a, <laughs> just a gross amount. So they would like leave me alone or whatever. And like, and just be, I was that, I mean, I was just that kid. I didn't have any friends. Um, sure. <clears throat> I got picked on all the time. Um, bullied. I went to a school in, in, in Dallas, Catwell. I went to a school called Brenfield and uh -huh. it's, you know, fairly kind of affluent kids. Um, I can remember kids talking about like how much money their parents made. They made this much K a year. I'm like, what the fuck is a K? Uh, right. right. Like, and, uh, you know, I had a, I had a, uh, PE coach and he, um, he called me a pill and I never knew what that meant. And I remember going home just like confused, but kind of, you know, questioning like, why would this guy call me a pill? What does that mean? It's like third grade. And my grandmother was like, well, that's, that's not nice. That means you're annoying. And I was like, well, you know, okay, that's, and I've held resentments against that PE teacher to this day. I never understood yeah. why you could do that to a kid. Sure, you right? Regardless. Yeah, in that position, yeah. Right, okay. so, and then I can remember uh, principal saying something to the effect of, like, you know, you're, you're just probably better off not here. Right. And uh, got bullied, and I ended up fighting back in, like, what was it, fifth grade, and hitting a kid in the face. They left me alone, but I ended up just, like, running halfway home, from Brentfield to Richardson around Spring Valley and uh, and 75. Yeah. And my, gra my great grandma, who was like my saving grace, you mm -hmm. know, the old heavy Southern woman that mm -hmm. smoked the big cigarettes, always wore a moo moo no matter what time of day it was. Of course. <laughs> always brought like Brahms ice cream to me. She kept me chubby. She <laughs> kept me warm. She, you know, uh, brought me home and I ended up going to another elementary school. <clears throat> Anyways. I've kind of got my footing, but still never really felt comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. I was always like a kind of the odd duck. Got mm -hmm. into like, you know, metal music and, and uh, grunge music in sixth grade, you know, um, shaved my head and like shaved horns into my hair and uh -huh. dyed, them, dyed them red and like wore my Metallica Kill 'em All shirt. And, right. Like, you know, and I remember the, the, the counselor, school counselor in like seventh or eighth grade calling my, my grandmother. The woman I, I call my mom is my step step grandma who raised uh, me okay grandfather step grandma raised right. me. so um calling her and being like hey you should you know we have to have a, a meeting about this boy you know we feel like he might be worshiping the devil <laughs> and wow. i'm like oh, that's uh, weird i just yeah. saw this this haircut in escape video and i, and I like metallica like right that, i don't think that has anything to do with worshiping the devil right and so yeah, I, I just was uh i was always seeking attention always you know uh kind of running with the wrong people um, being mischievous, um, but I was always afraid of like, I hated cigarettes. Um, my mother was an IV user. I hated needle drugs. I hated. Um, I didn't know much about them, but I knew I didn't like it. Right. Um, so I, I, I guess we'll just jump to like ninth grade. Um, 
you know, I always had crushes on girls or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and I was like very, um, I was also very like even like sexually active in, in ninth grade. And I think this all plays into in who, who, who I was and what I became. Um, so ninth grade rolled around. I'm kind of shedding weight. You know, my hair's, I'm getting actual haircuts. I'm, you know, um, I'm getting into like with the skateboard kids and like the, like the alternative punk rock kids or whatever. And, um, and I started thinning out, you know, and I started getting, you know, my teeth started getting straight and all this stuff. And I get into high school and I was like, I guess I was a handsome kid um, because I just was like, you were a handsome kid. Oh, you're sweet. <laughs> um, but I basically like got into 10th grade and, and uh, I remember the ninth grade, I started smoking cigarettes. One of my, fr- my one of my best friends was like, pick it like, hey, man, blah, blah, blah. We went out in the backyard right. and I hated it, but kind of liked the idea, right? And there was this sure. girl that I thought I, I wanted to impress, so I went right. to this birthday party in an alley and smoked a, a clove, which mm, are the most nice. gro- the gro- well, I think they're like the grossest things on <laughs> earth, but I did it to impress her, and, and so that kind of started my smoking career. I was stealing my, my, my mom's uh, Saratoga 120s and kidding right. my friends, and sure. we had like 18-year-old buddies that were going buying us stuff. And, but I can remember being like my friend, all my buddies started smoking weed and started drinking, and I can remember being like, that shit's going to hurt you. And I was always good at telling on myself. Mm. So I'd always, my relationship with my mom, my step-grandma, mm-hmm. um, again, was very, was very codependent. And it was very, her idea of love, and, and, I, and believe me, she's like my best friend, my heart. Sure. Um, but her idea of love was basically like getting me out of any trouble I got into, Picking me up when I fell. Yeah, you know, so like, she, she, was, enabled she was your mother, and, she, like, you know, that's yeah, what they yeah. do. You know, they, right. take care, they take care of their sons. And from what I've been told, you know, our parents fuck us up so <laughs> and, and to some degree. And, and that's right. okay. And it doesn't mean they don't love us. It's just uh, it's just kind of a fact. You can, you know, take it how you will. Um, not saying they did a bad job. Right. But uh, anyways, um, never really let me fall. Always enabled me. Um, you know, I... I hit 16, 17, and the path I started going down, you know, it, it was a quick, like, from all my friends are going to, you know, go to jail, get in trouble, die, to, like, me jumping right in, you know, in 10th grade, uh, started smoking weed, um, filming it, doing all this dumb shit, filming it, uh, running around, vandalizing cars, vandalizing, I mean, getting getting really heavy into, like, that. My grandfather was on, my grandfather, who I couldn't pronounce pop when I was little, mm-hmm. so I called him Potty. Mm-hmm. So Potty was like that was his all nickname right. for all the kids. Everybody called him that, and you know some people didn't know thought it was funny because they're like toilet. That's weird. Sure. But um, I would steal his sleeping pills and we'd snort those because they hit you quicker. And then like uh, my buddy started doing coke, mm-hmm. and uh, when I was in eleventh grade the first time, uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I was like, man, there's no way, no way. I'm good with weed. I'm good with with beer with forty ounces because I loved like drinking forties. The movie mm-hmm. kid the movie kids had come out and I yeah. was like, man, I, I like admired Casper. I had hair. Everybody like said I looked like Casper because of my mm-hmm. hair and just the way I dress and who I how I acted. Right. Um it's not really a, a an admirable thing, but um you know I and I, I was so afraid of all the other shit and one day I was just like, you know what, fuck it. Mm-hmm. So I snorted a little coke with my buddy. Um and from that point, man, it was just like, you know, and I, I push this all back to like the pill thing. Like I, yeah, I swear, well, I, I mean, swear I that like that one, that one Tylenol three. Right. Because I, I, I didn't, I missed, I, I left out the part about how like from then on I would take one to two pills. Right. Even yeah, as yeah, yeah. under ten. Right. Cause, like yeah, because it made you feel funny. It made as me, a kid well, or made, whatever you just, felt comfortable. It made in me your feel. Skin. It made me feel comfortable. Yeah. It made me feel okay. I got gotcha. you. Right. I got gotcha. you. So, um, and that wasn't all the time. That was like once. Once, right, twice a month when I'd have right. these horrible migraines. So yeah, you were recreationally. I guess, but I didn't adding. know what that meant. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I got you. And so anyhow, I, uh, you know, eleventh grade. I mean, I started hanging out by the vending machines. I was rolling up blunts and selling them in the bathroom. Um, you know, back then it was like five dollars a blunt, ten, right? Whatever it was. And then I was hanging out in the hanging out by the by the. The soda machines by the Phantom machines at lunch, and I would hang out all three periods. I skipped more school than anything. I started running. With, started <laughs> well, you had a thriving business going on. It kind, not like. really. Um, <laughs> I started just like kind of collecting everybody's change. Hey, bump. Let, yeah. me get, let me get your thirty-five cents from that Fanta. Let me get right. your thirty-five cents from that. Blah blah blah. And I would sometimes pull up to a hundred dollars, and I would go buy a teener of Coke, uh-huh. and we would leave school early, and we would go snore blow till you know one two in the morning sure. go back to school. Got into Rex. I mean, I flipped my my grandparents' suburban. Uh, the 
people who raised me, my folks suburban, um, in the middle of the night, my first year of, my first day of second run around in 11th grade. I got uh -huh. filmed one time. Right. But I was doing shit like, you know, I would leave class and go sit in, in you know, this guy's classroom. Later on, I asked him, like, why'd you always let me do that, man, without kicking me out? He was like, because I knew what you were doing right. outside of school. Right. And I was trying to protect you. Oh. And like he and I, I'm not going to say his name, but he and I remained sure. friends until today. We're still friends. Uh -huh. And he still helps out kids, which is pretty well, awesome. Well, that's cool. Mm. Yeah, but... I mean, I could go on, man. Right. But there's, no, no, no. you know, okay, th yeah. things, examples like breaking into the school stadium and snorting pills off the, off of right. like a cardboard box on top of the concession stands and like catching the, you know, the big, uh, what do you call the, the soccer ball? Like the, it's, what do you call the paper mache soccer ball with, with, with wire that's huge, Just catching oh. on fire and kicking it down the field and like <laughs> stealing bowling balls and throwing them through car windows and just like a good quality kid. Kid, right? yeah, right. right. Um, I mean, and there's so much more. I'm probably well, totally. Uh, well, no, that's okay. Uh, but uh, so basically, then you well, you were off the wheels. I went I went to and, treatment. Yeah. Now, but now, how old were you when you went to treatment? I was 18. Okay. I, but it, I went to treatment because I went quickly from. A lot of my friends were already going to prison. Mm -hmm. And my grandfather, Potty, he was mm -hmm. an attorney CPA. And so anytime I got arrested, it was like, he's out. He's yeah. out. Called, the, called his dogs, and I was out. I, yeah. never had to, I never had to, you know, pay the price, yeah. right? So I continued on. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> and I can remember the pill thing picked back up when I was about 16 and I started, I had a buddy whose mom was selling, uh, Norco tens and hydrocodones and, oh. and Vicodin and Percocets. And I would eat those things like literally five at a time yeah. until I hit 20 and I'd eat 20 pills a day. I mean, if I could, you know, okay. and I was just eating them. My, by this point, I started having some problems with my stomach and my sure. liver. Um, and I, I was, wonder I was why. And I was drinking like a madman, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, and this is all in high school. So, I got to the point where I was like, my, my folks were like, you, you know, can't do this. We mm -hmm. took a life insurance policy out on you at 17. Wow. You know, at 17. Sure. You're going to kill yourself. You're going to end up just like, you know, yeah. the person, whatever. Right. And they were like, you're going to go to treatment. So they sent me out to Marshall, Texas. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I went out to Marshall. This is a fun fact. I, I went out there. I was there on my 18th birthday. Um, didn't stay long. You know, I wanted to come home. Mm -hmm. So what did, what did folks do right, right. They, i was good i was good i came yeah. home i came home i hung out with uh one of my best friends i was like hey man you know i'm done with all that shit the pills are horrible they're bad for you i'm just gonna smoke weed uh, and i'm gonna i'm gonna convert to rastafari <laughs> and i'm gonna become this like this rastafarian i'm gonna grow out my dreadlocks because it's kind of punk rock too right sure yeah this band called the circle jerks and he yeah. had long dreads and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna grow up dreadlocks and just smoke weed and just sit around and live life right and that lasted all of about three days. And I ended up hitting the pills so hard that um, one, of my, one of my really good friends had just gotten out of prison and brought this guy with him uh, who was his cellmate. Um, that story in itself is long and crazy sure. as fuck. But he, he, uh, he and I, his name was Daniel McBride. He and I, a big Irish guy, he was incarcerated for- I've heard of that name. Incarcerated for attempted murder, for right. trying to protect his sister. Gotcha. But he was like, hey, man, you know, I know you're having a problem with these pills. There's a drug out there that can help you with this, and it mm. will and it will save your life. And I was like, man, please, because I yeah. shit's hurting my stomach. It's, it's you mm -hmm. know, I'm stealing them from people, whatever. I was robbing my friends, stealing their guns, like <clears throat> doing, I was doing bad shit. Yeah. And so he was like, methadone. And I was like, oh, he was, and he, he was like, you know, I was on heroin. And it helped me. So if you're on pills, like you're definitely gonna be okay. Mm -hmm. So I get on methadone, and the just in Justin Box fashion, I, I quickly go from like 40 milligrams to 200 milligrams of methadone mm -hmm. within like a month and a half, sure. two months, right? And these people don't give a shit. Like they keep you on this stuff. There's right. like, there's not a lot of um, incentive to help you get off. It's just like the more money that rolls in, right? You know, twelve dollars yeah. a dose every day, 40, 50 people in a clinic. Like, yeah, why, why wouldn't you? Numbers game. Right, why wouldn't you? So <clears throat> at this point, I'm on like 200 milligrams of methadone. I'm drinking like a maniac, um, drinking and driving like crazy. I'd had like, I think I had one one DWI. And this wasn't this is not even the meat and potatoes mm -hmm. of my addiction, right? Like yeah. this is this is the beginning phase. This is when I could still control it, right. kind of. Um, but methadone helped me kind of control it. Um, mm -hmm. Found Xanax, found uh, sleeping pills, 
um, found uh, wet. You know. Yeah, it sounds like you found everything. Yeah, man. Except for, did you ever Ivy or no? no. So here's okay. so let's just fast forward. I get out of yeah. high school, I'm sitting at the computer table, uh, like a year out of high school. I'm I'm stoned as shit, and and uh, and I was like, man, I got to do something with my life. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to culinary school. Right. So I start reaching out to the CIA in New York. I start reaching out Cordon Bleu in Paris. I got to get the fuck out of here. I'm going to Paris. Mm-hmm. You know, grandparents can afford it. You yeah, know, whatever. Right, this right. is my thinking. So I contact all these schools, and they're all like, "Sorry, bud, your you know your GPA was trash. Your school you know attendance record was trash. Your, mm-hmm. your you know all of like your whole career in school is garbage, yeah. right? Like you weren't there much." Um, it's like fair enough. Uh, so I ended up going to this place called the CCA in San Francisco. They they mm-hmm. tell me if I'm if I'm running over time. No, 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 no. Just uh, I mean, I'll you wrap know, it up quick. Get to yeah, yeah. Minutes. So I go to the CCA in San Francisco. I uh, my I meet a I meet a woman. Um, she's a dancer. Before I go, she moves out there with me. Our relationship is downright messy the mm-hmm. whole time. Like we're fighting. We're both just maniacs. I'm I'm going out smoking crack. That's what mm-hmm. I found in San Francisco because uh, okay. Coke was a Dallas thing. Well, I, Coke I did, I did, I, Coke's I, a lot more expensive than I had to too. I had to move up. I had yeah, to move up. Of course. Um, while I was there, had a heart attack at twenty. 22 wow. from smoking smoking oh. crack with this homeless oh. dude he left me through my pipe that or he stole the pipe he said he said uh hey, watch gre- yourself greedy <laughs> greedy white bitch is gonna die die today or something and i oh, end up calling the wow. ambulance and thank god i did wow what i do i leave two days later when i get out of the hospital in a hospital gown yeah it's like 30 degrees and i go right back to the dope man man um well, so let's go ahead yeah, and yeah. fast forward yeah. to, fast uh, I mean, when did, okay, because I know you've, uh, you're, I mean, if you want to give a sobriety date, you can, yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever, so, but I know that you have been sober for a long time. Sure. So, so at what point, or how did, because I always like to do a little 101, how did you get sober? From, from all that chaos, you know, okay. how did, how did you get there? Uh, quick notes, I, I came home, mm-hmm. um kicked the lady out that was living with me um came home got way worse um started dating this girl the guy who got me on methadone's niece okay she and i started dating for about six years um and she she left me in the middle of the night she was like you know Mm -hmm. this woman that i was madly in love with it was all very toxic but Mm -hmm. she left me in the middle of the night my my very best friend in the world overdosed and died and everybody blamed me because i got him to get on methadone Mm -hmm. so he was i was blamed to be like the guy who helped murder my best friend. Right. I got you. <clears throat> um, uh, like, got to the point where I had uh, monitoring things on. They thought uh-huh. I was going wet. So I was in the hospital, you know, a couple times a week. They had these brain monitoring things on me. My, I had the beginning stages of cirrhosis. My, yeah. My now, liver, when you say wet, what do you mean? Mentally handicapped. Like, gotcha. you know, I was burning out my brain. Gotcha. Right. So they were mm-hmm. monitoring my sleep. They were monitoring every I gotcha. bit of everything. Okay. So, I just, not everybody knows what wet means. Right, right. Including myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's in the big book. Gotcha. Right. So um, I had the beginning stages of cirrhosis. My liver was sticking out. Um, uh-huh. It was pulsating. It looked like I had a Nerf football on my uh-huh. side. It, it sure. hurt all the time. My, my appendix burst in the middle of the night. Right. Tried to kill myself, stuck a pistol in my mouth, it clicked. Tried again, ended up going through the wall. I thought I murdered my neighbor. I thought I thought oh, I had wow. shot my dog. Um, ended up calling a treatment center for a year and a half straight. At this point, I couldn't leave my house because I was like basically living in the bathroom, smoking crack on 200, 240 milligrams of methadone and uh, taking Xanax every day. Mm. And so at this point, I couldn't leave because I was having such bad DTs and seizures. Sure. Uh, for about three years, I was doing this. And... Um, Ended up calling the treatment center. About a year after I kept calling, they said, don't call our phone anymore. You're wasting our time. You know, we, we don't want you here if you're not serious. Like, you've been fucking yeah. tying up her phone line, right. crying, pitiful. I was going to meetings. Finally, I they kicked me off the methadone program. Mm-hmm. They were like, you're, uh, really, you're really far past gone. You can't sure. be here anymore. You're doing bad things. So I ended up going to treatment, coming home, and I never I never really looked back. Wow. I stayed, sober, stayed sober. Stayed um, sober. We're not going to get into it, but I was dry for about seven years. Yeah. You know, living off accolades and um, 
staying busy. And I gotcha. don't, don't suggest that to anybody. Cause right. Because I, I went absolutely crazy. Yeah, but then then now you've kind of... Found the meeting that I... Well, I was going to say you, you not only found other meetings and community, because I always tell people that community is a huge aspect to working your recovery. Right. You know? And, and one of the things that I've stumbled upon... Uh, was your number one offender program, right? Um, or meditation group, as you like to call it? Yeah. Um, and it's actually out uh, in Richardson, and it's every Sunday. If you want to go ahead and give them a little information, um, it's <clears throat> yeah every Sunday at Heights Park in Richardson on the uh -huh. corner of Floyd and Arapaho is the park. Uh -huh. um, we usually meet in the parking lot, take it to the field. If it's a nice day, if it's not, we'll sit under the pavilion. Right. Uh, but there's breakfast. We'll always try to bring breakfast, um, mm -hmm. something. Sure. Um, and we'll typically try to have a facilitator. Right. Right. Well, and then um, that, that's what I was going to say. But then also you were, you were mentioning, I think this Sunday you have somebody uh, doing – Tai Chi, right? Yeah, we have a guy named Peter coming out to do uh, Tai Chi. He's big, okay. big, big Tai Chi guy, and um, I'll be oh, there. Peter's great. Yeah, you know him. I do. <laughs> yeah, I just met him. He's an excellent. He's great. Yeah, he's yeah. so it's it's just basically trying to find different, <clears throat> and I'll wrap it up. Yeah, just trying to find different um, people to come out and teach different styles of meditation. Right, and if they want to, they can find you on Facebook. Right, correct. But there, there's a number one offender. N O dot one, like the number uh -huh. sign. Yeah, offender. it should be underneath your name. Yeah. And, <laughs> and look for the group, not the page, because uh -huh. the group is where uh, we post. And I don't typically post a lot of stuff. More people post on that page than I do. Right. I just will hit it about a day or two, you know, welcoming everybody. To sure. Like keep keep the positive mental attitude. Sure. And get ready for Sunday. That's right. about what, what I do. And then and then there'll be a recap, and uh, and thanking everybody and whatever. Cool. So it's it's about what it is. Right on. If you don't, well, go ahead. If you don't mind my last thirty seconds, if I yeah, can, go I just ahead, dude. I want to just. Uh, I don't know if we'll get into this, but I mentioned that I was seven years dry. Uh -huh. um, and my experience was that AA saved my life. Going right. back and stopping um, trying to make it all, like, to, to guide everything myself mm -hmm. and to take control of everything around me and finally, like, giving into an idea mm -hmm. worked for me. Sure. Um, and finding the right group. Finding the right group, because there's tons right. out there. Uh, finding the right AA group and finding the right sponsor. I agree, and I love so. that you said that because, you know, there's there's an uh, there's an A group for everything, sure. you know? And, and, <laughs> and finding, you know, finding that right group that you fit in with is, right. is key because if you don't feel comfortable <laughs> around the people, um, you know, if it's a bunch of uh, ladies like your step-grandmother in Moo Moo's hanging around. <laughs> no, that's my great-grandmother. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. sorry. But, you know, you might not feel as comfortable as some other people might. Right. So I, I get it, and, uh, you know, that's what I always encourage people to do in, you know, if you're trying to explore sobriety or recovery or anything, try it all, man. Try it all until you find your fit. Yep, and my experience has been yeah. What works for you? AA and has been my my yeah. uh, my saving grace. Yeah, and that's great. And but uh, but I think you're also adding on your own meeting Medi with meditation. Yeah, and 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 getting into that meditation now. We will segue yeah. to this lovely lady who I've been waiting to talk to, and and there might be tears shed because she has that effect she's on people. She's good at that. She's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is Vanessa Guild, and if you are on the internet, it is vanessaguild.com, but it is pronounced Guild because she is from New Orleans. But uh, go to her website. It's fantastic how she has it laid out and very entertaining. And uh, she is a trainer uh, and mindfulness uh, facilitator, expert. Uh, what would you call yourself? Um, definitely a mindfulness trainer. Okay. Uh, and and I, you do corporate stuff as well, and and as well as individual one on one, and 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 all of that. So this is your business. This is what you do. This is your vocation. This, your calling. This is my <laughs> calling, and I, I really appreciate it. Before I do the, the dive-in, if I may, yeah, Kelly, sure. just first and foremost, thank you so much for having me here, and thank you to your sponsors, your people that are 
putting this on. There's so many people that are suffering right now, especially during the pandemic. You know, the increase in number of people drinking and doing drugs has been off the charts. So any opportunity to be of service, I, I really appreciate it. And also, sure. Justin, thank you, because your group, uh, number one offender, uh, I have had the privilege to be able to facilitate the meditations there because of you and our sweet friend, Christine. Twice twice right to be asked i really appreciate it randomly i'd gotten this facebook uh, message from christine right yeah. saying hey vanessa there's this guy you need to meet him totally genuine his message is pure you know because i'm about that i'm about the real deal right because doing this work is not easy you know and this isn't this isn't a, like a pie in the sky kind of thing and she's like you really need to meet justin he's authentic he's doing the deal he wants to help people would you you know would you like to meet him and sure enough then we spoke and just to hear your message because the purity of how this started was that justin just wanted to do step 11 right deep meditation how to be able to do it and do it with other people right. in order to really practice it up in his own life right right, right. and then from there it kind of grew with other friends being there and so it's this authentic practice yeah. of levels of consciousness organically and then, grown organically grown <laughs> yeah. and yeah, then he sure. asked he's like would you come facilitate and i was like i'd be honored i yeah like thank you After goodness a long, beautiful conversation beautiful right like she yeah. made me cry. Actually, yeah. two times I didn't even it tell her. On the phone. <laughs> I think this is the first time she knows. Uh, oh, trust me. Yeah. Yeah. She knows. I mean, to to everybody out there, and I'm sure this will come across, but she is very disarming. You know, like yeah. you're all, you're all of a sudden, you know, I'm like, oh, wow, it's okay. And then she starts yeah. pumping you full of some positivity, and then you're like, amen. Oh man. Yeah. 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 Uh, did not have. She is six feet under. And uh, right. in the last meditation uh, session over with uh, number one offender, you know, I, I, I brought that up and I definitely got teary eyed, right? Because I wish my mom was up here and with us. And sure. sometimes it's, it's difficult speaking about those things and uh, to be in a space of the um, acceptance of, of our true feelings and sure. our true emotions and people get it. Right. right it's right. like, well, do you want to, do you want to give us, I mean, share what you want to, but I, I know you were telling, you said that sure. your mom had passed away from alcoholism. Mm -hmm. Do you want to share like a, a, you know, a truncated version of your story or? Absolutely. And if I may, just like on a time frame, just so I can, yeah, uh, just uh, we've got about how long? Uh, about I'd say you're about 37 minutes, so about half an hour. About okay, half, about half an hour. So there. yeah, and then we'll, maybe we'll get to a demonstration. So oh, leave time for that. Yeah, sure, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Um, well, to kind of encapsulate everything that has been discussed thus far, right? Prescription drugs. I personally feel like we are overly medicated as a nation today. Period. Right. Hard stop. Sure. And Western medicine definitely has its place. There's no doubt about it, right? Of course, you, something happens. You want to go to the hospital. You're in a car wreck. Your leg's broken. You want the doctor fixing your leg up. Do you know what I mean? Sure, sure, sure. And um, and on top of it, what in the world are we doing with 10-year-olds on Adderall? Right. Are you right. kidding? Like, what's that? Sure. What is the Tylenol 3 for a four- or five-year-old? Like, are you kidding? Yeah, right? Sure. And especially when there are science. Uh, scientific things that are out there right now. I don't know if you guys know about Wim Hof. Have you all heard about Wim Hof, the Iceman? That's some serious stuff there, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, he didn't even try to go out to become this international famous guy. In short, his wife had died. He was really looking for some other implementations to recover over the grief on that. And he utilizes um, temperature, mm -hmm. cold, etc. Sure. Definitely Google him. He's also about the power of the mind, the power of our body, the power that we have within us. Because within us all, it really is about the personal story between you and your heart, the private space within your heart. And if your heart is suffering and the only thing that you've been taught in this world is drink at it, drug at it, shop at it, do anything at it, get four girls at it, five guys at it, 10 houses at it. Listen, there are people driving a Maserati right now that are just as miserable as the person in the Impala. Oh, yeah. There isn't a U-Haul behind a hearse. 
Yeah. Right? <laughs> Period. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with having things in this world. I'd be the first person if I could. Black on black, Maserati 2021, fully loaded. Let me take it to the Audubon in Germany with Stevie Ray Vaughan playing, sure. going 150 miles an hour. I'm all in. <laughs> it takes financial resources to do that, right? So there's nothing wrong with having. Right. The problem is when we implement uh, the having and the getting and the doing and the anesthetizing to try to make us feel better. Mm-hmm. When feelings really are our truth. We sure. know our feelings. We know where they are. We know when we're hurt. We know when we're little and the, you know what's hitting the fan and things feel so confusing and yet everybody's telling you like it's okay and it's not okay. What do you do with that, right? So in the process of really trying to discern those feelings and those emotions, especially if you're raised in an environment, drugs and alcohol, same thing. You know, my dad's a psychiatrist. He got hooked on Dexedrine. My grandfather was knighted for building hospitals in Europe for drug addicts and alcoholics, right? Mm -hmm. And my mom, as it's been mentioned, she died an alcoholic. So I really don't care what your accolades are, what your degrees are in, nothing wrong with having them, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I want to know, have you done the work? Mm -hmm. Have you been there? Have you seen it? And maybe, Doc, before you go and prescribe all this stuff to your patient, why don't you try some alternative means like breathing? Why Mm -hmm. don't you learn a little bit about heart math, the the study of heart math? If you do breathing techniques, you can actually release your own natural chemicals within your own brain that help lower the cortisol levels. Uh, I was going to get to that. I read that on your website. I was like, ah, she's talking cortisol. There's there's actually science behind this. There is science behind it. Definitely Google heart math. Mm -hmm. I repeat heart math. And I definitely Google Wim Hof, as it's already been mentioned, right? Because the app. Pardon? Get his app. Get his app. He does the whole breathing, what to do, follow the count. Really cool. And there are so many different forms of meditation practice for each mm-hmm. person. There's Zen. There's chanting. There's mantras. Om Mani Padme Hum. There's the breathing technique. You know, breathe in five, breathe out seven. Find what works for you. There's Tai Chi, right? There's Tai Chi <laughs> with Brother Peter. He's going to knock it out the park next week, I'm, I'm sure. I'm excited about that. Yeah, please tell him I said hi. Uh, I will. I'm going to see if I can make it. Yeah, uh, she's, for real. She's busy, man. She's, got, she's, she's traveling all over. She's, tra- <laughs> well, she's traveling all over Texas. She's like, hey, uh, uh, I'm on the road to Austin, and then I'm on oh. the road to Corpus Christi, and then, uh, oh. you know. Wow. That, those are some other trainings and things. Uh, no, and I know. Hey, yeah, you are in high demand. Well, uh, I receive that. Thank you very much. Yes. And it really uh, has been a journey. You know, I used to live in a meditation center. That's how I met our mutual friend, Christine. I lived in the Dallas Meditation Center for about three years, and I had people asking me, what in the world are you doing, and why would you do that and uh and i was like because if i'm going to really know step 11 if i'm really going to know the fourth dimension i really got to know the present moment and the, knowing the present moment for me i'm not a cartola yet i'm not jesus i'm working on it you know how do you love your killers while they are killing you That's the frequency that we're talking about. And this isn't about church and this isn't about Jesus. This is about mental concentration on how do you purify your heart? Because if I'm sitting right here in Dallas, but I'm chewing on that resentment that happened 10 years ago, five years ago, three years ago, no one's suffering but me. Sure. So how do I get over that suffering? And drinking at it didn't solve it. Drinking at it only suppresses it, right? But if you're taught from a world that we're raised in, drink at it, look at it, it's good, you're good. Tequila, beer, vodka, go, 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 go. And so you reach for this thing to try to help you. But I'm going to use this example because it's just a great example. Mm -hmm. It's a diabolical contract with the devil. Mm period. They call it spirits for a reason, Ah. right? And this is just a great analogy, right? When one drinks that spirit, that spirit has you. And so then it does take these beautiful people like my mother, like my dad, and those are not them. Those are those meaning like when my mom was loaded or when my dad was high as a kite on dexedrine shooting guns underneath my bedroom floor until three, four o'clock in the morning. 
right? He built a gun gallery in our house. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was intense, dude. And then took our cat and blew its brains out in the oh, backyard. Wow. Yeah, right. for real. We got to keep it real here, right? Um, sure. You know, Houston, we had a problem. Yeah. That wasn't my beautiful, amazing, psychiatric, trained dad who helped I don't know how many people. Sure. That was an evil spirit in this man that took him over, blew up our house, blew up our family, blew up everything, and mm. I ended up leaving home at 15. Yeah. Right? Wow. So um, this is this is a no-joke kind of thing. And the problem is that when we see those spirits running, metaphorically speaking, sure. in the other people, the worst thing you can do is try to point it out to them because right. it almost empowers the spirit in them, right? And then to take the hands off to say, okay, well, they might die. I, I'm not going to say anything. Alan, mm -hmm. thank God for Alan and any of the family members that are out there. If you have alcoholics in your family, go to Alan If you're an mm -hmm. adult child of an alcoholic, go to ACOA. They're very helpful. Um, but when you have to have that process of taking the hands off the addict or the alcoholic, you're actually doing the best favor possible for them because they are the only one who can wake up that they have a spirit inside of them that's out to kill them kill their family kill anything and everything that's going on in their world and again i use that analogy metaphorically speaking mm -hmm. but it sure does land doesn't it yeah it sure does land so um you know for me growing up in all of this as a little girl i'm outside garden district new orleans you know it looks really pretty mm -hmm. let me tell you just because it's a pretty house on the outside doesn't mean they're in a whole lot of hell going on on the inside right so um be very mindful with people you know mm -hmm. uh because even though it might be all picture perfect you just don't really know what's happening behind behind the scenes and um so that process is as a little girl and that sense of there must be something different it can't be this it just can't be this you know, especially uh, my mom remarried uh, this guy named Dr. Joseph Beasley, and he was one of the founders of family planning and Planned Parenthood. He did all sorts of stuff, mm -hmm. um, was funded by the Kellogg Foundation, wrote the Kellogg Report, Kellogg Serials. Mm -hmm. Brilliant guy, yeah. right? Used to beat her to a pulp, and he was mm -hmm. my perpetrator. Right? Yeah. So it doesn't really much matter if um, someone has the right degrees or the right whatever. Right. You know, if what, they look good on paper. Yeah. yeah. What What are they really doing? Sure. You know, I think it's one of the reasons why my mom had such a hard time giving up the booze because, one, she didn't have the tools of recovery. She didn't have that awakening. And I don't think she really wanted to awaken because the shame. How in the hell did I end up here on the floor with this man plummeting me yeah. like this and doing X, Y, and Z to my daughter? Yeah. So in a way, thank God she had the alcohol uh -huh. because it helped her live through that. Right. And then in the end, it 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 got her. Sure. You know, it got her. Um, right. So we're I always I always like to say you know alcohol is a temporary solution. And I stress temporary until that solution becomes the problem. So, Amen. You know, so. Amen. And that's such a great phrase. It is. Yeah. It's a temporary solution to a permanent problem. And yeah. then in recovery, we get to be in the permanent solution to the temporary problem. What's the permanent solution? Right now, if we all would, let's just take a deep breath. Inhale. And exhale. Let's Inhale. And exhale. And if you would, one more last time. Top of the head, neck, shoulders, torso, chest, all within your being. Your being. You're a human being. You're not a human doing. Breathe. Let go. Surrender. Tap in to something greater than yourself. That is within yourself. That's here, right now, present. It makes the sun rise, the stars shine, and that beautiful heartbeat in the baby's womb, in the mother's womb. Deep breath, deep breath, you've got this. You know, when the mother's pregnant and the heart's formed and the lungs are there and the blood is there, to this day, they have no idea what starts the first, the thump, the heartbeat, boom, bam. A miracle of life, this life, deep breath. Your life, exhale everything and anything that no longer serves you, let it go. No need to drink at it, no need to use at it. Call somebody, share about it appropriately. Inventory, trust, surrender, surrender the pain.
surrender the suffering, surrender the fear. There's only two frequencies, fear or faith. Deep breath. Exhale, let it go. Choose faith. You don't need to know. You don't need to worry. Worrying is praying for the very thing that you don't want. Detach from it. Let go. Get present. Step 11. Right now. Choose. Deep breath. Exhale. Detach from that situation that's causing you angst. Detach from that person that's causing you upset. Detach from the heartbreak of the lover that you love so much but wouldn't stop drinking. Deep breath. Exhale. Send love. Send love to everyone, everywhere. Because if you hold the angst in your heart, you, you are choosing hell. Let go of that frequency. Deep breath. Choose heaven. Choose peace. Choose forgiveness. Forgiveness is a female dog. It is not easy forgiving the unforgivable. I trained with a man, deep breath, named Azim Kamisa. You need to know of him. He forgave the killer of his only son. How did he do it? Through God, through practice. He now travels the world with the killer and the grandfather of the killer. They're all together on stage talking about how forgiveness is the only way to roll. People aren't doing things to you. They're just doing doing it deep breath. Due to their level of consciousness, due to their level of ignorance, due to their level of hurt and pain, deep breath, inhale. Exhale. When people do negative actions, they're showing you their pain. They don't need your resentment. They need your prayers. They need your compassion. They need your love. Deep breath. Inhale. Exhale. Forgiveness is a process. But me holding on to that resentment, we all know that phrase, is me drinking the poison, expecting someone else to die. And I'm not here to be the residual effects of someone else's ignorance anymore or someone else's actions anymore. Deep breath. Exhale. Let that go. So God bless my stepfather, who used to beat my beautiful mother to a pulp. God bless him because he was suffering. God bless him for the scar he placed upon my body. God bless him. God bless him because he was suffering. But I'm free. I'm free. I have forgiven. I have let go. I have forgiven. I have let go. And I don't drink at him anymore because he's not worth it. He needs my prayers not my resentment. Is there someone in your life you're resentful at? Let it go. Do whatever you need to do. Deep breath. Exhale. There's this thing called car therapy. One last deep breath. Inhale. Top of the head, neck, shoulders. Roll them back. Right into the center of your heart, your own personal heart. Is it in love? Is it in peace? The privacy of your own heart. What's your truth? Find it. If it's not a frequency of love, let it go. You gotta let it go. You gotta realign to the fourth dimension, to the divine that's here to help you, hold you, love you, care for you. Gave you that heartbeat in the beginning. Remember your mother's womb, this miracle called life. Deep breath. (laughs) Exhale. So there's this thing called car therapy. You're gonna love this. That person plays a thing that you might have that resentment toward. Mm You sit down in your car, save you thousands of dollars. I've done all the therapy. I've done all that stuff, too. You know, I had to do a lot of therapy wrapping my head around my stepdad, but I did sure. it. And uh, anyway, I wish I would have known about car therapy a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you go in the car, you roll up the windows, and you drive to some remote place, and you pretend that that person's there. Uh. You see them. You smell them. They're there. And I mean, I don't care how long you need, an hour, two hours, let it rip. You <laughs> Let it rip. All this prim and proper. Oh, let's do therapy. We're going to be fine and everything's good. <laughs> Nothing wrong with therapy. Therapy's sure. great. Please do know about Jungian psychology. It's based off of our 12-step program, right? And do some car therapy. 
where you got to be real with your emotions, emote, emotare. You got to get these things out because these are the things that we drank at. We drank at these people. We drank at those feelings. We used at those things. Now I noticed you, also on the uh, website. I mean, like I was like getting into the whole meditation. Now I'm like, oh, I actually have to host the show. <laughs> um, meditation. But you, works. Were, you were saying something about Reiki. Now what was? The, is oh that wow. Kinda, yeah, I I saw. Well, you weren't saying it, but your website was. <laughs> I, I appreciate you. Yes, I um I am trained. I was very fortunate. Um, uh, there's a true Reiki master in Sedona. Uh-huh. I happened to meet her. And yeah. it's a long story. won't go into that right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, but she was a true sensei trained in the mountains in Japan. Uh-huh. Real deal. Right. Uh, so it took me about three years because I was traveling back and forth between here and Dallas. I mean, Dallas and Sedona. Sure. Uh, to do the, the training with her. It right. usually doesn't take that long. Sure. Um, and she did. She trained me from head to toe in, in Reiki. I am a Reiki master. And I'm not the Reiki master out of a YouTube video box chick. I'm right. like the one who stayed with the sensei, trained with the sensei, gotcha. all of the symbols. But there was also all sorts of, uh, right. there was work in that. Well, I, well. I could, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. your website, I'm like, oh, man, uh, that's, that's fascinating. That's oh, really sweet that's for you fascinating. to mention oh, that. It's that's not, fascinating. Oh, well, yeah, but well, yeah, if anybody that. is out there just mm-hmm. listening to the audio portion, uh, I want you to go to her website, check it out, book her. She is a magnificent person. Um, and that would be Thank Vanessa Guild, but it's spelt Guild. So VanessaGuild.com, but when you're typing it in, say Guild. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, absolutely. <laughs> and then also, I want to thank Justin for coming out and sharing your story with us. And I'm looking forward to this Sunday. Uh, once again, that is number no.1 offender and that's a facebook group and it's all there's a page and a group yeah go to the group go to the group go to the group and that gives you all the updates on uh do you do do updates on like who's coming up and and yeah yeah so i try um i do my very best to get sure to come out it's all um that's it's it's all pretty much been word of mouth but i I do but i will do updates um on who's coming out and i I think we have the next two uh yeah, you're kind of like me with the show. I'm like, oh well, man. If I have three three weeks booked out in a row, I'm like, I'm like overachieving, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And ho- hopefully wow. we can get we can get her back out. In the yeah, next, in the yeah, for sure. I would love it. Be honored. I would I would love it, and I'll be there. there. Hey, uh, real quick, I also want to hit our sponsor, uh, real quick, uh, Summer Sky, uh, which I went to. Uh, if you want to reach out to them for help, that's uh, summersky.us, and their phone number is 888-857-8857. Once again, 888-857-8857. Uh, if you are watching this or listening to this, be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel because uh, that's what a lot of people look at, and I guess numbers matter. But, uh, you know, uh, and then if you ever want to be on the show or know somebody that would be a good fit to be on the show, hit me up. I'm pretty open. And, uh, you know, I just want to say thanks to everybody for coming out. Uh, any any plugs y'all need to do? I mean, we hit your website. And then uh, what about you, you never really mentioned anything about your chefing. Well, I um, mean, just, yeah, I mean. I, I, I'll do a shameless plug. Okay, yeah, um, go ahead. I've got, I've got an elotes cart okay. um, that I bought. Four years now, uh-huh. um, but the the idea behind it it's called Rise Above, uh-huh. loosely based off of a old Black Flag song. Gotcha, um, and you know meaning behind it. But it's a it's an elotes card. I hire uh, men and women in sobriety. To oh, come, cool to come work it. So we're we're trying to get that thing up and running. There's a little, little technical difficulties okay. on it right now, but um, you know we do rent, we do we do parties, we do uh, events, whatever. Right, um, it's a small little elotes card. So we okay. Do, do some pretty well, banging cool. elotes and and uh and i want to th- and i i want to throw out just a quick thank you to uh-huh. uh smoking gun my okay. my uh my home group and uh-huh. my sponsor brian percox who's been like a like, game like a daddy yeah gotcha like uh someone who's really really helped me out a lot so cool all right and, and if i may really quick yes, definitely hire up 
uh, Brother Justin here, for any of your chef or event needs, uh, you right. could not find a more exceptional chef person to roll for that for you. It'll be a stellar event if you have him on board. He knows he's so humble, but this boy can cook, and he will <laughs> knock it out of the park for you. And right. for those of you that are out there, please do uh, sign on to the Pink Cloud, the pleasure this of meeting cloud. this Pink this Cloud. Dot com, dot com. And that'll take you to the URL. Yes, because Kelly's intentions truly are the same as Brother Justin's, which is getting the good message out there, the good, the good and that help, works. Helping folks. And like helping we're folks. We're all trying to do. And yeah. isn't that the wealth of life yes. if we just help one person at a time? That's how it goes out, right? That's there how it go. goes out by grace love of God. It. Love it, love it, love it. Well, so thanks for coming out. Um, and then, uh, oh yeah, and if y'all want, of course, if you want to support, you can go to uh, DJ Kelly Reverb.com. I happen to be a DJ as well. Hey. Um, so, but, uh, and then you hit the uh, shop button, and that's where we have all our fun shirts. Um, but other than that, I can't thank you guys enough for coming out. I'd love to have y'all both back. Uh, I'll see great. you for sure on Sunday. Yeah. And then other than that, uh, just remember, kids, there is no magic pill for sobriety because if there was, we would all take too many. <laughs> There you go. Don't